Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey Sinners, you're listening to Sinful Cuts, the podcast that takes a look at the wild, weird, and wonderful world of horror. We take a deep dive into some of your favorite movies, possibly uncover some hidden gems, sometimes we even get some stinkers. Thank you so much for joining us, we truly love having you here. Please sit back, take a listen, and let's get our scare on. Hey, Sinners, I'm Shannon. And I'm Sean. And this is Sinful Cuts. Hooray! <laughs> the horror podcast worth screaming about. <laughs> <laughs> or streaming, whatever. But if you don't get the joke, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the horror podcast worth smearing about. <laughs> I'm just going to bl- blend it together. <laughs> It's going to be a different word every week. Watch. That would actually be the best if you did a different... We'd have to do a, a new intro every week, which I'm thinking we should absolutely do. We're like, a horror podcast worth meowing about. Meowing about. Meowing about. No, we're doing that. Every week is going to be a new... It's going to be a new one. It's happening. It's happening live, Setters. Oh, I freaking love it. Okay, so we have our new plan. Scrap this. <laughs> And now we're going with our regular intro <laughs> see, and go. See, we tried to be structured right before it hitting record. It did. And it work. immediately got thrown out. It the didn't window. work. Once you were like, it's a horror podcast worth streaming sh- 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 about. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to say streaming, and I the last second I wanted to switch to screaming. <laughs> it was like the time that I wanted to say Sean, and it came out scram. I don't even know what I called myself. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right, take two. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Go. Are we starting over? Yeah, we'll just do the regular intro. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like we're doing the whole thing all over again. <laughs> oh, so we're cutting this whole part out. Okay. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I'll have to see. I'll have to see how crazy it sounds. 
Hey sinners, I'm Shannon. And I am Sean. And this is Sinful Cuts. Yay, post-Halloween <laughs> Sinful Cuts. Yes. We're both exhausted. We are. Spooky season was a busy one. It was a fun one, though. I All right. love this season. Halloween, scale of 1 to 10, 2023 Halloween for you. Yeah, I was in I was in Salem. Yeah, it's probably yeah, ten no, out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the night of, um, if we, you know, me and you, we got to do a trivia night. It was so great. That was so much fun. It really it was, was so great. I am exhausted for you though, because you went from Thursday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. You had Monday to kind of recalibrate, and then we did yeah. our trivia night on Tuesday. It's, yeah, and that was and Halloween. I, and I worked all day too. Oh like we God. we had our regular. We do have day jobs, people. We, yeah, we do. We, <laughs> we do. Got, we got to pay our bills somehow. <laughs> Until you all start spreading the word, and we can monetize the hell out of this, <laughs> and everyone's walking around in simple cuts merchandise. You know, we, we have to report to our day jobs. Yeah, we we are we are simple folk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> One of your hosts is extra simple. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guess which one. That is. We'll never uh, tell. Well, I'm gonna say that my Halloween was a ten out of ten as well. And I don't mean to get all gushy here, but the reason being is because we're doing this podcast now. We started in, what, August oh. of 23? Yeah, the idea emerged, I want to say, basically the beginning of summer, we made, we set a plan, and then we, we recorded a few episodes, and we officially launched, um, like, August, yeah. mid-August. And I it's been say. three months, and yeah. it's just been so much fun, and it really, look, it, sound, it, it sounds corny, but... This podcast and all of the horror that we, the prep that we do and what we watch, it just added to the Halloween excitement. It really did. It's been, it was just a 10 out of 10 Halloween. It was so great. There may or may not be some random sinful cuts, stickers plastered all over Salem, by the way. There better be. There better be. There may or may not. That may or may not be there. There may or may not be (laughs) sinful cut stickers plastered on every restroom that I go into on Long Island. So, you know, sorry, Barnes and Noble at the Smith Haven Mall. It's me. (laughs) Follow our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Like and subscribe. Uh, And maybe we'll take it down. Uh, no, we are definitely We're not going to do I, that. We're going to put up three more. I will never take it down. <laughs> never. Never, <laughs> ever. So, with Halloween done, we're, um, we're actually dialing it up a notch, and we're going to get even more in- insanely obsessive with horror movies, because, actually, you know what? I was going to say, we're heading into the, into the holidays, mm-hmm. no matter what you celebrate. You know, there's multiple holidays going on. And there's going to be a little bit of holiday horror. We were just talking on Shortcuts about It's a Wonderful Knife. So hopefully we can add that to a good holiday horror. Yeah, so excited for that. Shannon had such great recommendations for Black Christmas Mm -hmm. and Gremlins. Mm -hmm. And now It's a Wonderful Knife. So, So I'm just going to put it out there. And Sinners, it's actually going to be on our... Um, when we post the uh, podcast, it's actually going to be, if you listen on Spotify, I can do a, like a survey. And I'm going to ask the sinners what their favorite holiday horror is is yeah i totally i totally yeah i totally want to hear some more suggestions as well because i'm sure there's some movies that um that i might have missed or i don't i you know i don't because i feel like when i think about it there's not a whole lot of holiday horror but i'm sure i am so wrong the only one that i could like that's just glaring right now because it just dropped on shutter is anna and the apocalypse which is actually a very very adorable 
uh, horror musical. I just thought of another one, I think, that I would love to uh, touch touch on. What's that? And I'm just trying to remember it. Hold on. I, I want to say it's called... I'm pretty sure... I'm almost positive it's a Christmas movie-esque, or it happens on Christmas Eve or night or whatever, um, was I Captured the Devil, I think, I want to say. Yeah. Give me a minute to look it up officially, and I will officially say that again with the official title. But that I think you are right. But that's that was I I loved that yeah. movie. It, it's more of like a monologue. It's more um, it's very low budget, so it's like one location, minimal. It's um, real good though. Minimal actors. The I I found the dialogue and then the um quote unquote twist ending, if you if you will. To be fantastic. I I loved the vibe of that movie. So I just remembered that now. Sinners, I co-sign on that 100%. (laughs) Shannon just came up with a banger. That is a great movie. I love that movie. I'll throw one more out there that's really, really good for holiday horror. And that is a movie called Better Watch Out. Oh, yeah. Bing, oh, that bang, was a boom, great boom. movie. Right. Yes, I, t- I knew there was more I was missing. I mean, this God damn thing is going to be dropping on um, November 7th, so I don't know why we're using all our holiday horror now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we going to do in December? What are, what are we doing? <laughs> but there's, look, you, but I'm going to put the... I'm going to put the survey out there, or I'm going to put, sorry, not the survey, but I'm going to be asking you, sinners, what suggestions you have for holiday horror, because I'm looking for stuff to watch. Yeah. You know? Same. Okay. I'm definitely going to rewatch the ones we just mentioned, but yeah, I would, I would love to know if there's any more, because I feel like there's not, again, I feel like there's not a whole lot I feel like that I'm aware of. I feel like I can almost hear the hinges creaking right now with Pandora's <laughs> box. I think our sinner's going to come through. I bet there's so many that we're just completely missing out either on. i forgot or i saw it like once and and just forgot about its existence or heard about it and never got around to it there's there's got to be like a list i'm gonna tell you something right now first thing my birthday sinners is december 7th mm-hmm. and i'm gonna watch the hell out of black christmas nice original Perfect. original flavor yeah we don't do the remake no i don't even want to talk about it black christmas with margot kidder i mean uh, olivia Olivia Hussey, I want to say, is the lead in the, that. The, the, the Romeo and Juliet, yeah. right? Yes. Um, but Margot Kidder is on fire in that movie. Um, all right, guys, I, this literal. isn't a Black Christmas podcast, and I'm like right on the bubble of turning this into a Black Christmas podcast <laughs> right now. Okay, we're getting gonna, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're um uh, we could possibly Shannon, I have to talk about it, uh, but maybe December will be holiday horror. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, so anyway, what are we discussing today? We're doing... 1988's They Live. <gasps> John Carpenter. John Carpenter. If you so... don't know who he is, so you... John Carpenter. I don't need to remind you. Sounds past familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know him. No. So I... Yeah, no, I don't have to... Normally we like to talk about like the, the past works of the, the director. You fucking know who he is. <laughs> Let's do this first, though. Let's give our sinners a chance to listen to the trailer of They Live. So here's the trailer for you. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. 
Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. So a quick synopsis uh, from the trailer, if you will. Hold on, please. My apologies. I wasn't ready. This, uh, all right. I'm just going to, while you're looking that up, I'm just going to set up our centers for the, where this falls in the pantheon of Carpenter that everyone has seen. All right. So we got 78 Halloween. Then we're rolling into the fog. Then we're rolling into the thing. Then we're rolling into, I want to say it's 80. I think feel like, like I'm missing. Oh, sorry. Christine in 83. Yes. Christine. Um, yes. Then we're. Assault on Precinct 13. I know already happened. Uh, sorry. I completely, completely. Uh, but that was before Halloween. That was before Halloween. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, then we're rounding off with Starman. Not horror. And then we're then we've got um, big trouble in Little China, and here we land on 88's They Live. Yes. Don't think I missed any. I think I'm. I think we're good. I, don't I think, think you're I missed good. Any. It sounds legit. Uh, and then somewhere in there was uh, actually a TV movie about Elvis, where he met <laughs> Kurt Russell. You know. So all right. You know. So a quick synopsis on They Live, in case you haven't seen it. They influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realizing it. They live. So that's pretty much like the official synopsis, but uh, what's going on is main character, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, <laughs> who acquired the role after you said, I, Sean and I were talking about this, 25 other people Sinners did not the... make the cut, apparently. You know my new favorite thing in the world is Smasher Trash with Shannon. <laughs> So at the end of the episode, I'm going to do Smasher Trash for all of the people that were considered for the role of John Nada. I'm probably not going to know who half of these people are. So, but I'll, well, I'm I mean, I'm still going to play. Well, d- oh yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no you're definitely going to know. You're definitely, you're definitely okay. going to know. Okay, okay. And if you don't, just, you know, just, uh, just like say, no pass. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right. So we do know, though, that, so John Carpenter's writing this movie, and it is written for... None other than Kurt Russell. For, for, uh, uh, for oh, yeah, because they, they just came off of um, Big Trouble in Little China um, and The Thing as well. And the Elvis TV and movie. The Elvis TV movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Escape from New York. Yes. So he's worked... So, all right, the story, the story that is now the go-to is that John Carpenter says, and, and Sinners, you know I love John Carpenter, but he's problematic 
<laughs> He's very opinionated. He, well, and he contradicts himself in almost every other interview that he gives. He contradicts what he said in the last one. Ah. Uh, so he's. But what is now like canon is that he said that he worked with with uh, Kurt Russell three times prior, and even though this script would was written for him. He felt like he had worked with Kurt Russell too much. Now, sinners, when you put that through, now everybody, take your John Carpenter filter and put it over your eyes. And what <laughs> is glaring, just like in the movie they live, what is staring at you in black and white is Kurt Russell wanted too much money. And that is 1000% what happened with this. And probably Kurt Russell may have taken a look at the script and been like, this needs a punch up. You know? <laughs> So it's sorry. I just wanted wanted no, to establish good. that this was written with Kurt Russell in mind. And when you see the character of John Nada, I'm not talking about Roddy Roddy Piper, but when you see the character, it's easy to to picture yeah, him in there because he could have played the role. I feel like very well. Well, along you're going to find out along with all so of Hollywood male <laughs> actors, twenty four other people. All right, <laughs> you know what? Before we get into this, is going to be fun for me. <laughs> Maybe not for you, sisters. <laughs> But before we get into uh, Spanish or Trash at the end there, can I ask you, who would you put in the role other than Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper? Who who would you like to see in that role? And besides Kurt Russell, who we knew it was written for. Right. What do you got for me? Huh. Who else could have played that role? I like, uh, but I, I like anybody? Well, no, it's well, got it to be, it's it be, be 88. 88. It's got to right. be 88. Okay. Now think about so, it. Okay. Think about yeah, give who's... Me- Who's popular right. at the time? I'll try to have an answer for you before we play Smash or Trash. Okay. So, um, oh, right, great, great. So before we do Smash or Trash, mm-hmm. I'll hit you up with that. And, okay. And I'm, okay, I'm going to bet you, I'm going to bet you a bottle of wine of your choice. Okay. Or first three rounds at the next bar we go to. Okay. That, now this is my bet. You will say one of the actors in, oh, okay. in that. There's 25 of them. Come but on. But if you lose, you owe me nothing. Fine. You owe me nothing because there's 25 actors. <laughs> I like All right. All right. So, so we have a good we have a good bet going. <laughs> so we'll find out. All right. So where do we leave off? All right. It's All right. a very simple summary. Yeah. We gave him the summary. Um, well, yeah. So so uh, John Nada basically comes across. Uh, these pairs of sunglasses. He, you know, just decides to to steal one out of a box. You know, because they're like in a back alley somewhere. It's, a, it's like a it's, cute little mystery that he has for about ten minutes. Yes. Where he's so obsessed with what's going on in that church. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So he puts these glasses on, and all of a sudden, the world uh, it looks very different. It's in black and white. The regular ads, um, you know, bulletins, uh, the, the the banners, everything that you see, all of a sudden have like subliminal messages. There's definitely people who um very like. The the so there is definitely he comes across uh, that aliens obviously are amongst amongst us yeah. hence the official synopsis because what this alien race apparently is doing is very uh, subliminally taking over it's it, um and he wanted them to almost have like a decayed looking skeleton face so when you look at them with these interesting eyes by the way it's it, when you look at them it's it's. Yeah. Canon. I'm gonna put it out there. It, and I think one person like played them all. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Well, it was one actor. It was. It was a They all have like the regular, like the same face. It's because it's the same person. Yeah, and they all have the same thin body. 
Because it's, it's the same the guy. same person. I, when so you... I found that to be very interesting. But that's pretty much the description. So obviously he starts going berserk and going like, oh my god, they're taking over. And this was purposely planned to come out on election day, oh, by I the way. Know you know, I know we're recording this well, right before. Let's let's get into it. I think because literally right before election day. But this is Carpenter. This is Carpenter illustrating his uh, displeasure with Reaganomics. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's eighty eight. We're at the very end of the Reagan era, so mm-hmm. he's been president for eight years. Clearly now, wanted to make a statement. Yep. Now yep. we go into the Bush era of the presidency for four four years, and we're really we're really in the the trough of. You know, trickle-down economics and Reaganomics and, you know, look, sinners, oh, geez, this is, you know, we get, we, we, the hair on our arms start, well, my arm, <laughs> my werewolf arm starts to stand up <laughs> when we talk politics on this podcast because this is supposed to be a fun place and, you know, we like to keep it that way. Yeah. But. But you, this, you can't you can't not deny that though like that's obviously the hidden a hundred percent yeah so you look I don't want to bend anyone's nose at a joint here but this is very much a statement of the the rich getting richer you know it's even mentioned in the movie the golden rule is those who have the gold make the rules right it's very true at that point in 88. Think I mean without putting all my political cards on the table, it's very true in two thousand and three, you know, and it was his statement of of the ninety nine percent being overlooked and overworked and overtaxed and and you know being fed um, in John Carpenter what he's saying is be, being fed subliminal poison, you know, mm-hmm. buy this, marry and reproduce. Don't question authority. You know all of these messages. Just spend more money. Spend, spend more money. Spend, yeah. Spend. You know, spend. Yeah. Consume is consume. literally. Yeah. Consume. All over the place. Consume. Obey. Okay. Consume and obey like that, and that's it, it's it's crazy that like not a whole lot has changed. I would say it's gotten worse, Jenna. I mean, think yeah. about think about the the culture of and again, sinners. If this is your bag, I'm not putting the boots to you, but. It's only gotten worse because look at the Kardashians, something like that. Like it, it's it's literally, it's they live, come to real life, you know. Buy this. Here's what I'm promoting on Instagram. You need to have it. It's gonna make your life better. If Kim Kardashian peeled her face back and it was the blue alien, <laughs> I wouldn't even blink. I'd be like, that checks yeah, out. I'd be like, I knew it. <laughs> We're about to get sued. To oblivion. <laughs> Again, you know, Kim Kardashian, I have nothing for you. <laughs> don't don't come for me. <laughs> I know we have nothing for you. But it is, uh, you know, it's you would think. I wish that Carpenter's message landed uh, at the time. Sadly, it didn't. It just seems like we've gone further down the rabbit hole with consumerism, you know. But. Again, trying trying to have a fun podcast, people. (laughs) But but we got a great movie out of it. (laughs) Well, I'll challenge you on the word grace. (laughs) We we got a movie out of it. I do like this movie, but we'll when we're done with 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 our notes and our and our summary. I have I have my theory on where this lands in the Carpenter canon. Okay. And I'm interested to see what you have to say, but we'll, we'll let's, get there. Yeah, we'll okay. get there. Okay. 
All right, so we'll jump into um, you know some like analysis of the film. Um, so I mean, well, we, I think we talked a little bit about the literary aspect of it, like you know, ri- oh. writing for the Ooh. again for the the politics. He he clearly wanted to make a statement. He was in the mind state of that. And this was based off of uh, we should mention it's based off a short story by uh, Ray Ray Hansen. I want to say okay. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Ray Nelson. It's called the uh, Eight O'clock in the Morning, and that story is about. Uh, someone who uh, realizes that the world is hypnotized and it's being run by aliens. That and he was has a, until the short of... novel, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And he's got until eight o'clock in the that. morning to suss it out and save the day. Gotcha. Didn't read it. Don't know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious on it though. But I'll, Ray, I'll Ray Nelson, good on you. Yes, for sure. So it's, um, I mean, I, like I said, I, it's a movie for. I I don't know. I I've. As far as, like, the, the dramatic of it, I, I mean, I kind of... I, I Maybe I get what you're saying. Like, is it the best movie I've ever seen? I'm not going to go that far. Um, but it, but to me, it's wildly different. And yeah. I and I get the the intention of it. And um, and I and I think at one point, especially when they, they, got, they got through the 25 people and hired Roddy Piper to play the, the main role. And, uh, you know, Keith David obviously was the other main role. He and, uh, you know, they decided to throw in that that fight scene. And I'm sure that that is what this movie is really known for. This is going to get weird. (laughs) This is going to get a little weird, Sinners, and I apologize. (laughs) Keith David. Has a sexy bald head. Yeah, we met. Gonna, we I'm just met him, him at, at Monster Me. <laughs> did you kiss his? Did you kiss his sexy bald head? The I sat very, very close next to him as I took my picture. There's, there's like a, a Instagram post of this Chihuahua that keeps licking its owner's face, and I think I would have done that with Keith David's head. And I know this is getting insanely weird. I don't think I can help myself. So Keith David meeting him was such a delight because <laughs> this is a quick side note because he was like he had like his own like little like Bluetooth speaker. Okay. What and was he playing? Jazz. Love it. And he was just you know like signing. Dude, I'm I'm shimmying for you for you sinners right now that <laughs> you can't see me. You know what? It feels but, right. I'm a shimmy too. But he was shimmy and he was signing. God and damn shimmying you, Keith and David. The, and he wasn't getting up. You had to go behind the chair. The the the, the chair. Jesus. He's Keith David. You, yeah. Oh yeah. He doesn't oh, yeah. have to get up. No, I walked around the table to sit next to him to take my photo. Did you whisper in his ear? Seriously, dude, was child's a thing? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you the thing? Or... Are you the thing? Are you still yeah. thing? <laughs> I don't, like I said, it didn't seem like he was really paying attention to anybody except his jazz music. Okay. Until, you know, taking the photo, but he was still having a lot of fun just um, signing his autographs. It was cool. All right, so let's talk about our two leads right here for one second. Right. So, so you know the twenty-five, you know people. We'll, we'll get into that. But the story. <laughs> With an wait, do you have the story behind how Roddy Piper got hired? I do don't you... have the story of how he got hired. So I have, I only I'm raising know... my hand, Sinner. <laughs> so I'm raising my hand. I have the story if okay. you want to hear it. All right, so let's start with that because then I want to talk about the fight scene. Oh God, yeah. All that's... right, let me talk about Roddy and then Keith and okay. then you go to the fight scene. Okay. All right, so Roddy Piper gets the part because um, Carpenter was a huge wrestling fan. Sinners, this was 88. WWF at the time, not mm-hmm. WWE, WWF at the time was at an all-time high. It yeah. was it was the Hulk Hogan. Warrior. It was, the, it was the Macho Man Randy. That doesn't sound like him at all. There's the Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> era. I mean, it was, it really was, it was truly everywhere. It was Ultimate Warrior. There was one, two, three kid. That was, Just, yeah. 
everywhere. It I may was, or may not have been a wrestling fan at that time. It was just, <laughs> you couldn't escape it. Uh-uh. And so Carpenter's a wrestling fan, and he actually goes to WrestleMania 3. Okay. And goes to dinner three. with Roddy Piper. Yeah, I know, 3. <laughs> goes to We're dinner old. <laughs> with Piper that... <laughs> yeah, and I'm a, you're old. Jesus Christ. What am I? I I'm Methuselah then. <laughs> I'm literally Karis the Mummy right now. Um... <laughs> So they go to dinner and they hit it off. Like okay. they're just gangbusters. And then Carpenter is like that. This is my guy. And Carpenter, and I think he's very genuine in this. He's like, you look at Roddy Piper's face and it's a very lived in face. And he's a tough guy. Piper's got a great quote. He says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a people person at heart. And I'm, a, I'm like a, a sweetie. You ask me for, my, for the shirt off my back. I'll put it in your hand. You tell me to give you my shirt. Never. I'll die before I do that. And Carpenter, they they clicked because Carpenter's, I mean, fuck Carpenter. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Carpenter, you know, he can't open a bag of Wonder Bread without getting into a fist fight, for fuck's sake. (laughs) So, I mean. Very specific. Well, he's just, I mean, he's so, every, every, I I just, I, I, I love Carpenter so much, but he frustrates me. But I also respect him. He wants what he wants when he wants it. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I respect and he's, him. And he's stubborn. And but so that's it's, what... But, okay, so so just, a, a, I think, a general statement for anybody who's stubborn, it's so frustrating to deal with. But in certain aspects, I, I believe there's a little bit of admiration on there, too. I, I, I will always respect John Carpenter for the body of work that he has done. But it he makes me crazy. Because... He's also like he he he's very much from the Roger Corman school of 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 cutting corners and saving a buck to the for Corman it worked because Corman mined the up and comers okay the De Palmas the the, the Nicholsons you know uh, the the Vincent Price so Vince Price was up and coming but he 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 mined this incredible pool of talent that hadn't become famous yet. Okay. And that's why the Corman films from the, you know, the the, the 60s and the early 70s, you know, he's got De Niro and fucking Crazy Mama, I think it is, with Shelley Winters. I mean, like, he just, he was, he, he, he drew in talent. And Carpenter was doing the same thing. You look at the cast of The Thing. Okay. Wilf, mm. Wilford Brimley, Keith David. Keith David, um, Russell. Uh, um, uh, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, uh, Donald Moffat, you know, and, and, and forgive me, the rest of the cast, they're all... They're wonderful, they're, yeah. There's some stage actors, and they're character actors, and that movie clicks on so many levels because of the quality that they have. Now, what happens later on down the road is that Carpenter just starts kind of like hiring out of the, 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 the fucking... You know, I didn't even know what. You know, he's like, he's like picking <laughs> off the... The, the line of the bus, you know, and it and it affects the quality of what he's putting out there. Okay. And it bothers me. Okay. I want to stick a pin in this because let's talk about it after we get done with, with our our whole synopsis here. But but so he 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 hires Piper, and this isn't in print, but I feel it in my gut. Okay. I I know that he could get Piper for a song because mm-hmm. he wasn't an actor. Right. But Piper has his own. Well. 
Yes Ish. and no. Ish. Technically, yes and no. In the yeah. WWE. He was still a showman. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. no very much so. In the, and look, <clears> he <throat> had to pay him. You know, and, and Piper actually had to quit the WWE in order to make the film because that prick on wheels, fuckface, extravaganza, uh, Vince McMahon, didn't want to let him go. Of course not. So he quits. No, he's, yeah, you're under my thumb. And here's the best thing. Here's what I love so much about Roddy Piper. Because this movie now catapults him into a different, um, you know, like, echelon. Right. When he goes back to the WWE, uh, McMahon's got to pay him more. <laughs> just, I just, I just, it's like the most, del- it's so delicious. <laughs> just fuck you, Vince McMahon. I really don't know why I don't like the guy so much. <laughs> Every it's, story I hear about him is he's the, fucking people over. Well, it's uh, the Dark Side of the Ring series, probably. That does not help his case. Do, do I need all? to say allegedly? Are we getting sued from the Kardashians and the McMahon family? Oh, Lord. All right, I'll take you all on. I really won't. I won't. That, that was an empty boast. <laughs> so You already have everything. Leave us alone. So, so Piper, Piper gets hired. Good for Roddy. Keith David gets hired because um, Carpenter just really thought that he did a bang-up job in 82 with the thing and was looking for something to to put him into. Now, here's... All right. Can I go here now? I think I'm going to have to go here. I think that that Carpenter is smart. Okay. Because Keith David is a very good actor. Yeah. And has a lot of presence and, and draws you in. I have a feeling that Keith David gets a lot of Roddy Piper's lines. Okay. Roddy Piper, for as much as he's a showman and was an absolute stellar superstar in the WWE, Shannon, he's not a good actor. He's not. He's very bad. He's really, really bad. And this movie would be so much better with anyone else in it. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know I'm looking at you and I know it's hurting your feelings. A little bit. Can I I put something out there? Okay. And he's not on the list that I'm going to give you. Nicolas Cage in 88 in this movie. He... How much better would this movie be? <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely think he could have pulled it off. It might, it probably would have been a complete, maybe not a completely different movie. I'm just going to throw one more name out there. And this is on the list, so this won't count. Okay. Schwarzenegger. Ah, uh, well. John Carpenter mm-hmm. and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, bear, no, 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 now hear me out, hear me out. Mm-hmm. This was a $3 million budget film, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. $3 million budget. It went on, it, it did open... Number one at the box office yeah. and was number one for two weeks. And yeah. then it's, then, you know, um, it's released by Universal and Carol Co. It's produced by Alive Pictures. It, you know, look, Carpenter has a number one movie at the box office, but it's a $3 million film. And it looks like a $3 million film. It does. Schwarzenegger gets attached to this. And this budget goes to $50 million. Think about that for a second. Okay. Maybe 35. It's 88. Let's say 35. 20 of that being Schwarzenegger salary. But uh, still, but we've got the source material and they flesh out the story. They probably give this screenplay because Carpenter wrote it under the name of Fred Armitage, but he wrote the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, they probably filter it through a couple of other, uh, you know, Script doctors at the time, Shane Black, William Goldman. I mean, this thing all of a sudden goes from a $3 million cult cult hit, yeah. which I'll give it, and I do like this movie. I swear to you, I like this movie. 
<laughs> but there's like there's so I'm much giving him the side eye right now. If I'm gonna go through I'm gonna go through these people that could have been this were considered for this movie, and if it had landed with some of them, this budget would have quintupled, if not more. And I feel like there's a better movie in there. Okay. Because of it. Because I really love the story. I really love the, the story. St- I think the story was great. So there's our two actors. Now I'll, you know, I'll shut my yap. <laughs> Tell us. Okay. So we've, just so that we know, uh, you know, John Otto comes to town. He's looking for work. All we see all over the place is the rich getting richer. And he's living in a, sh- he's living in a Hooverville in a shanty town. Yes. And, you know, but he, he's... They're taking care of him. They're very kind. He sees some stuff going on in the church. He's intrigued. We have this like little 10-minute mystery of him finally getting in there and getting the sunglasses. And then he... Then he... And then he sees. Then he sees. And then he robs the bank. I mean, Shannon, come on. We can't, we can't pass this by. No. You got to talk about the bank scene. So this is the so this was uh, famously ad libbed by Roddy Piper. By Roddy Piper, yeah. Well, because and because of the fact that he, as a wrestler, you you have to come up with intimidating lines, um, you know, like to to be a showman on stage and intimidate your foe. Do you want to hear mine? If I was a wrestler, you ready for it? You ready for it? Here it comes. I'll be right back. Here it comes. And it never, never show up. And then you never, you come back. <laughs> you, just, you just run through the crowd. And then all of a sudden you hear the, sh- you just hear a car. <laughs> I almost want to become a professional wrestler just to do this. Maybe they'll let you come into the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I'll, only, I'll only have one appearance, but it'll be legendary. It would be, and I'll go down the history. It would, be, it would be during the Royal Rumble because they have, they, there's always like some like random person in the middle. <laughs> Drew Carey came out. I don't remember which Royal Rumble it was, but I was like, why the fuck is he here? God bless. And then Kane came out and he immediately like disqualified himself and left the ring. <laughs> I'm like, I would too. Not a stupid man. <laughs> no, not, not a, a stupid man. Not a all. stupid man at all, Drew Carey. That was a fun Royal Rumble. But anywho, what are we talking about? The <laughs> Banksy. <laughs> You're turning into me. <laughs> So we get the famous scene where now, you know, he's kind of like, I don't know if he's really in the know of what is going on, but he knows something is fucking going on because he's, he's seen enough at this point, I think with the glasses, through the glasses. I didn't research this. I don't know if you did, but whose ever idea it was to make the glasses scenes black and white. Kisses on your face. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was Carpenter's decision. That was the. That was. Right. That was the. The visual point. Well, we'll get to cinematography in a second. So good. Um, after I talk so about. So smart. Th- yes. So smart. It's so smart, right? So simple. It's so simple. <laughs> so simple. Love it. So he walks into the bank and says the famous line, "I'm here to, to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum." I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Near the entrance has a shotgun. White male, 30s, long hair. Mama don't like tattletales. Wearing sunglasses. 
so he had that um so he had a booklet uh written down of just random you know like a taunt i guess or taunts ta- like taunting yeah. lines for again for to be a showman in wrestling for your foe so if he thought of something cool or kick-ass or whatever he would write it down so he presented these lines uh, or this little book i should say to carpenter and Carpenter was like, you know, for the scene, yeah, pick one. <laughs> and just, and he's he, no dummy. Yeah, and he let him do it, and he is just like, perfect, love it. And yeah. And it's iconic. It's a very iconic. So fantastic. Before we officially get into the cinematography, because I definitely want to talk about that, especially one specific scene. Okay. So, um, gotta talk about the fight scene. It's supposed to be 20 seconds long. That's the rumor. But then, I don't then know. Car- Carpenter. I haven't heard anything about that. I've heard nothing about that officially. Like, when when you watch documentaries, when you so okay, so from Carpenter's mouth, when you when you hear about this part, maybe in, in on paper it was meant to be 20 seconds long. If he you will. says it, Carpenter says it in three interviews that are researched, but and then, then he, the other 12 say that it was always supposed to be. No. Okay. So yeah. then. Okay, so then I'm going to go with the with the latter on that. So maybe on paper it was supposed to be a 20 second fight scene. Then they they hire a wrestler. When so it he was goes Kurt Russell, it was going to be 20 It was going to be 20 seconds. Yeah. So now that he's now that he has a wrestler as the main actor, mm-hmm. so in this particular interview that I saw, he mentions, "Yeah, I wanted to give him a fucking epic fight scene because he was a wrestler." So, yeah. So now <laughs> So now this is the scene that I wanted to mention this because this tickled my tummy All right, come on. so bad. And I'm like, this This is my favorite part about researching this whole movie. Hold on. <laughs> this Hold actually might be my favorite thing about the whole movie, and it's not even in the movie. But if you Wait, see I, this one particular interview with John Carpenter. Time out for one sec. <laughs> you just came up with a new t-shirt. But tickled my this tummy? This tickles my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> We have so many t-shirts and so many lines. Do they exist? No. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down. This tickles my tummy. It from did. Simple Cuts. It's hilarious. So they so John Carpenter's getting interviewed about this movie and then the interviewer comes up uh you know we we get to the the fight scene and Carpenter mentions that he you know it made sense to uh make an epic fight scene because he hired a wrestler. So the you could hear the interviewer ask him. Cause, okay, so because if you guys have again haven't seen this movie, or if you recall the fight scene, and you're not exactly sure how long your eyeballs were on this fight scene, it's five minutes and forty seconds, which is very long in a movie. It's it, very long. It ends and starts four times. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes. And, uh, and fun fact, too, South Park, uh, with Timmy vs. Jimmy episode, they did their cripple fight. Because of parody. They, they do, it's a parody off of, the, oh, you do it side by side? Oh, look up that video, it's hilarious. So, but the interviewer asks John Carpenter, did it ever occur to you to shorten the, f- the scene? His face. Yeah, I can only imagine. His face, Carpenter's face distorts. Did he spit on him? And he goes, Fuck no! <laughs> this, this is John Carpenter's since since 1985. This is John Carpenter's this, response to almost every single and, interview, and that might be his stubbornness. I found it hilarious. Oh, it's great. It's, I mean, look, there's only one John Carpenter. I, you know what? I just there's made, only one five minute and forty second fight scene. <laughs> it would be great if he listened to this podcast and in the comments just said. 
fuck you. <laughs> he I probably would, will. I would love that so much. Yes. My favorite part in the entire five-minute fight scene, five-minute, 48-second fight scene, is when Piper breaks the window of the car, starts giggling, and then apologizes <laughs> to me, David. <laughs> And then, then at the very end of the fight, it's the very, very end of the fight, he finally gets the fucking glasses on Keith David. And then he, 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 Keith, oh my God, he starts seeing everything. And then they're liter- they're hugging each other. And then they shimmy over to the wall, still hugging. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, sinners, there's, there is, you have to, you have to get to a point with They Live where you're just like, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have a fun time, and then you enjoy this movie on a completely different level. Mm-hmm. There's the movie it could have been, and there's the movie it is. It, yes. You got. I have to. I say, <laughs> bringing it's, you all in with it's me. It's like a personal problem for sure. <laughs> I have to let go of the thirty-five million dollar movie that it could have been, and I thoroughly enjoy the movie that it is. <laughs> it is. So I mean, from that point forward, where Keith David gets the glasses. Then, you know, as I say, you know, from previous films, this movie's on roller skates. Then we're just... Yeah. Look, there's a a lot of... Full speed ahead after that. And it's better that you just hold on and enjoy, because if you start looking around, there are insane gaps in everything. (laughs) Literally everything. But that's where, but this, okay, so let me just like circle back a little bit because this is where the cinematography really comes into play. And this is what I I think I thoroughly enjoy about this movie because again, like you were saying before, so when the glasses come on, again, he sees the more the subliminal messages, the, you know, literally the money, like literally money that it turns into. It's just, I forgot exactly what it says, but it's just like, you know, like exchange device. This is your God. This is your God. Yes. 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 So it's, you know, and that's, well, my God, how true is that? It, I mean, on so many levels, look, the, and it's just—it's just a piece of paper that fucking says that. Yeah, you know, like the fact that it's black and white. The the so the infamous scene too, besides the fight scene and the most expensive scene as well, was the supermarket scene, because mm, okay. The, Yes. Okay. Because if you remember, like he, so they needed to do two completely different sets. So like every single little can has, you know, like eat me basically or whatever, oh, or like right, consume or okay. this, whatever. Right. So what well, in one aspect they had to build because these were sets that they built. Yeah. Okay. So the one set looked like a regular supermarket. You go in any market that you, you know, everyday market looks like the food or whatever. They redid the whole fucking thing to accommodate the black and white and subliminal messages. Every single can, every, like every little thing you saw, you know? So there's, I, that put the, I, I appreciated the, uh, the the work that they put into that because apparently that was a lot of work. No, I, look, you, <clears throat> if nothing, we'd love to give a shout out to the craftsmanship that goes into these films. That, I mean, the art design, the set decoration. Yeah. Jeez. Just that scene alone, like I said, it's mind-blowing. Like, yeah, obviously, when he puts the glasses on, the point of it is to be everywhere, but, like, when you look, I, again, like, there's a lot of cans. A lot of cans. cans. There's a lot of cans in the supermarket. <laughs> I bet you those guys didn't eat canned food for a very long time. They're like, wait, he, he can't, he can't, like, can't walk into a Jiffy Lube, but it's gotta be, less, it's gotta be less stuff. <laughs> it's gotta you know? be a supermarket. But just, uh, but it was little things like that um, that really sold the movie for me because, because then you you get it again. You get the message that Carpenter was trying to uh, cross. 
um, to, 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 to point across and it was, I don't know. It was, um, that's what makes it enjoyable and memorable for me. So now I'm, I'm sorry. And now I'm segueing into my overall opinion. Okay. Can I of... be the, the Siskel to your Ebert and be the complete buzzkill? <sighs> I guess. All right. <laughs> so this is where, this is where you and I, this is what I wanted to talk about. Might as well bring it up now. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so the director, of, the the DP, the director of photography is Gary B. Kibbe. Okay, and he had done uh, previously. He had done uh, Prince of Darkness. He he was Dean Cundey, renowned Dean cinematographer Dean Cundey had worked with Carpenter previously. Okay, and on some of the most gorgeous films. So, just so that. What do we got? He's all right. Just just to give you a, a overview of what he's worked on: uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Dean Cundey had done Jurassic Park, Apollo thirteen, Back to the Future, Psycho two, Tom Holland, Psycho two. Oh yeah, I think I might be right. It's probably Fred Decker, but I'm pretty sure it's Tom Holland. <laughs> Because they're the same person on this podcast. <laughs> All right, you're about to love Dean Cundey, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, kiss your face. Right. Yep. Dean, Dean, kiss your face kiss machine. Kiss your face. Right. Revolutionary film, in my so, opinion. So, all right, let's just. So Dean Cundey had worked on, had been the cinematography, cinematography. <laughs> It's back. It's back, Sinners. It's back. I, I was doing so good for a couple of podcasts there, but Mushmouth is back. How you doing? Did you miss me? Um, so my whole thing with Gary Kibbe is that he's no Dean Cundy. I know that sounds a little harsh. He just doesn't have the skill level. From this point forward, Gary Kibbe is is Carpenter's cinematographer. And it's it's just glaring the difference, because you're going from hold on just so that I don't really <laughs> I, I'm just going to, to the 80s here. Bear bear with me, sinners. Holy shit, Dean Cundey's worked on a lot. Okay, so uh oh my god, he did this movie. He was the director of photography in this movie, Creature from Black Lake, which came out in '76. That I'm obsessed with. <laughs> We're not going to do it in the podcast. It's it's my own weirdness. It's my own personal. All right, so so let's just get let's just do a little Dean Cundy. Uh, he, he works on Halloween. Guess what Halloween is? Gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. The wide shots on Halloween are gorgeous. Yes. Shannon. I know. I'm about to kung fu kick you. <laughs> it's gorgeous. With love. Guess what else does? I'm oh, always with love. What are you kidding me? No, you'd kick my ass too. I'm never going to karate kick you. Guess what else he does? The fog. Okay. Gorgeous. 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 Okay. Um. Oh, shit. He did Without Warning. Weird little horror film okay. from the 80s. Never saw okay. it, but okay. Does Escape from New York. God, all right. So Dean Cundy is... Oh, my God. He did this movie, Jaws of Satan. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with that movie as well. He also did Halloween too. Okay. Okay. Look, I know that like like he's not the Roger Rabbit, um, Back to the Future, but you can see he's working up to right. it. Right. But here, here it starts to get serious. Okay. He he's the DP on the thing. All right. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Masterpiece. Guess what else he did? Mm -hmm. Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. 
Okay. All right. So you <laughs> know, you got to enjoy on the big screen. Jealous. Then he then he did Psycho Two. Oh my God, he did DC Cap. Weird film. <laughs> Roy, that's for you. DC yeah. Cap. <laughs> did Romancing the Stone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could see. Then there's Back to the Future. Now it's starting to get. Now, like. Now then, it's going to the... then he ends his relationship with with Carpenter at Big Trouble in Little China because I think Dean Kundi's price is out of Carpenter's range now. Fair enough. To Carpenter's detriment. It really bums me out. So, oh, and then, then 88, same year that this, he does Roger Rabbit. Okay. Which, uh, sinners, just peek behind the curtain. We love Roger Rabbit. We'll eventually do Roger Rabbit. I, we will because it, it's it's not a horror movie per se, but watching that as a child, and if you've never seen it, like please watch it up until the very the very end scene, because there's like a you know you finally like the the bad guy reveal if you will. It is probably the most frightening thing of my childhood. It's, yeah. it's up there. We're going to do a whole... We're going to do a month-long series because Shannon and I have been talking about it, about doing, you know, putting together months of related movies. Like themes and stuff, yeah. We're going to do a month of horror movies that aren't necessarily considered horror movies but are definitely horror movies. That were, yeah, or that right? were just, like, trigger warnings for our own childhood. I'm looking at you, Roger <laughs> Rabbit. I'm looking at you, Dark Disney Fucking Dragon Slayer. Never-ending story. made me... There's literally bed shitting going on (laughs) in my childhood with movies that you're talking about. So then Dean Dean Kundi gets involved with Zemeckis and he gets involved with Spielberg because we got Jurassic Park. Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her is a gorgeous movie. Supposedly they're remaking that. Really? I believe so. I, I think it might be a rumor right now. Intrigued. Mm. Ron Howard with Apollo 13. So anyway, guys, y- y- you get what I'm you get what I'm getting at. No, language. <laughs> um, <laughs> words. Yeah, words are hard. <laughs> so Gary Kibbe steps in. Uh, look, Gary Kibbe. All right. I mean, if you, I'll kiss your face, I guess. <laughs> but I just don't want to make you feel bad about yourself. That was, that was think, more like a handshake yeah, looking type I'll, of. I'll hug you. I don't know. <laughs> but he's he's a journeyman. So we go from we go from someone who who really did become just an an artist in their vision and the way they set up shots and their use of light and camera movement and, and angles and everything, and then there's then you get Gary Kibbe and and he's just a journeyman and everything from this point forward for me in the Carpenter movies that go forward that Gary Kibbe is involved with look like they're made for TV. Okay. There's just no, there's no, there's no imagination. There's, okay. there's no wonderment. Like the, the was he? Does it seem like he's just showing up to make a buck? Or? No, I think he's. I th- look, I think he's really putting his heart and soul into oh, it. Okay. But you're talking about, you're, you know, you're talking about, you know, Picasso and and you know Bob Roberts. You know, I mean, they both artists, but, but there's different. Yeah. You know, okay. right. and look, different scales. Again, okay. I I don't. This this man is probably a very sweet sweet man, and he made movies, which is more than I'll ever do. And 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 he he's got this legacy behind him. He worked with Carpenter on. I do I do love Prince of Darkness. I really love that movie. But when you're talking about the thing and how that shot, and then you're talking about Prince of Darkness. Come on, Shannon, you gotta back me up here. Yeah. One look one looks incredible and imaginative and creative, and one looks like it could be a fucking TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. He sets up the camera and he shoots the frame and they move on to the next shot. Right. Which at this which is very much 
Carpenter. See, Carpenter had earlier in his career and people like Deborah Hill and people like Dean Kundi and other people that were writing with him. And I think it was the collaborative approach in the earlier stuff that made incredible magic. And later on, it really just becomes a John Carpenter show where he's, look, he doesn't have the budgets to support him because, I mean, it's just up and down with with whether these movies landed at the box office. But I think John... a lot of them didn't at the time. Yeah, and I think John wants to shoot movies on the cheap and cut corners, and he's very much following that Roger Corman formula. And it's just the point of dimension returns for me, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. You know, because look... Then we're going on to fucking Ghosts of Mars and and Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which, by the way, we could do Memoirs of an of, of an Invisible Man. Okay. Just based on the fact that it's a studio film with money behind it, and the people that were involved in that are Hollywood A players, and it's a piece of shit movie. <laughs> it's so it's, like every decision that was made for that movie was the wrong one. <laughs> with fucking Chevy Chase, like everything just went wrong on that. But that's actually a very... Maybe we'll do that somewhere in the future. Because just the everything that went wrong on that is an interesting story. I haven't even like seen or thought about that film in so long. The, the best thing that came out of that is that actually Sam Neill shows up, who's just an absolute kiss-your-face sweetheart mm-hmm. of all time, Hall of Fame. And you know they work together in The Mouth of Madness, another Gary Kibbe shot movie, which has flares of, of, of kookiness and and wackiness which I really appreciate I gotta give that one another go because I feel like I I don't know in the mouth of man specifically I don't know if I was in the right mind state but I remember like hating that film it's flat as fuck because I, of the way it's shot okay alright so just, then okay so I, I'm I, but I but it's literally been like me. I want to say over 20 years since I've given it a go it's John Carpenter directing H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft and it Sam Neill does the it does only Sam Neill is like the fucking Michigan J Frog he does he's like hello my darling he's doing everything he can in that movie to make it what it maybe kind of sort of is ish and everything else is just working against him you know it's flat as fuck Okay. Sorry, Gabby. Okay, so I don't yeah okay because that's what I remember I remember like it just kind of ended I was like okay like, like I don't know I wasn't. Yeah. I, I. I remember. I remember not feeling anything. I wasn't scared. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't enthused. I wasn't entertained. Like it's, I just sat there like numb. I'm like, okay. It's, it's choices made, but it's also you hit Carpenter in his most fed upness gotcha. of Hollywood. Okay. And he's like, how can... It's got to be tough directing every day when you're just like, fuck this place. You know? Yeah. And look, to John Carpenter's credit, (laughs) Sinners, he just gave gave an interview last week, and God bless him for it. I I just absolutely adore him because he's like, you know what? I I don't give a shit about any... Have your opinions about all my works. This one's breathing. You know, this one you can see his breath. This one not. Who? I, I don't even care. You know? they never should have gone forward with the Halloween franchise. I know I ruined that. I'm, I'm partially responsible. Actually, he doesn't say that. He's absolutely not taking <laughs> he any responsibility Because he has no problem taking the paychecks. That's no. why. He has to get a paycheck which, with every single project. But he's so. like, all I want to do he's now is watch basketball and fun. play video games. And I'm like, that sounds fair. That's uh, Yeah, he's, he's ready to... Yeah. For what okay. you've done for us, Fine. please, by all means, Fine. watch basketball and play video games. <laughs> you know? But it's just, like, these... It's just landing flat for me visually, all the movies forward okay. f- from this point, which 
bums me out. Oh, okay. It just bums me out. All right. Look, I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> John Carpenter. Well, this is our opinions at this point. Well, yeah, you know? but, so we'll, we'll uh, this is this is a conclusion, obviously, of this. It's going to sound portion, like I'm throwing massive shade you know, at Carpenter, we... but I don't know the story. He could have begged for for Dean Cundy to the studio, and they're like, "No, you can't have him." He could have begged for for other creative people behind the lens or you know whatever script doctors whatever and they're like no we're not going to give you a goddamn time because your your hit your smash to trash ratio was pretty bad you know (laughs) i mean carpenter doesn't become carpenter until he's well into the 90s early 2000s where then of course everybody looks back and they're like boy we sure didn't give this guy a fair break you know, and John Carpenter's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been saying since '82 with and the now thing. He's, now he's bitter and angry. Yeah, so. I'll just spit all over half my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so in one way, I, I get, I get your frustration, but in another hand, it's just kind of like, well, well wouldn't you turn out that way if you, you know were? John, I can't stop playing the the what if game. What uh, if? What if? You know, because he's he's easily one of my favorite directors. Yeah. You know, sure. and creatives. Yeah. So anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for Smash and Trash? Uh, well, let's wrap up the movie. So um, Roddy Piper <laughs> goes to the one piece of equipment that is disguising the aliens from, I guess, the world and shoots it with a pellet gun. And then, um, and then that's the end of the movie, and the aliens are exposed. Okay, I do want to say one thing about. I, I, I just want to. I want to talk about one thing about why this movie lands. Okay, so you've got uh, the um, you got a couple of factors. You've got like the 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 campiness to the movie, which I love. You've got um, Roddy Piper, who is an odd choice at best, but it's a choice and it's a legacy now because it's a Roddy Piper in a John Carpenter movie. And then You're like, it's a choice. It's a choice. (laughs) Um, then it's then it's a weird thing that happens with Shepard Ferry, who is a street artist, takes the Obey logo and then starts putting that on street art. And then that becomes that just blows up globally. And I think that brings a lot of people into the source material and Shepard Fairey like is... like in reality, like marketing wise. Yeah, you're talking about yeah. Actually, yeah. I bought a poster recently. I mean, <laughs> at but a market, I was just that good for Shepard. He's like, yeah, totally. The, moon, the Moonlight Market. Nice. Oh, you're getting high fives. Oh, great it's stuff, up on babe. The Moonlight wall. Market, Krampus up, Market coming up. It's up on the wall. That looks fantastic. Shit. We just Krampus. I love Krampus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love Krampus. Oh God. Yeah. I'm gonna. I told you we're gonna. So many yeah, people I are know. gonna be so like, many... "What about this one? Yeah, what about this no, one?" No, yep, yep, valid. I'm not doing an impression of the sinners. <laughs> so kidding. We love you. I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> Kiss your faces. So I do think the Shepherd Fairy, uh, the the uh, street art, barring the Obey logo, really just puts this into the stratosphere because people were who had never, never even heard of They Live were like. Wait, where is this coming from? And they're doing a little <laughs> a little detective work, and I think that just like revitalized everything. And look, who doesn't love a cult movie? And now it's it has that status. And it, look, it's it's a cult gem. It really is, though. I mean, I've, look, I've got hella problems with it. You heard them all, <laughs> but it is 
it is a cult gem and it's creative and it's unique. I mean, I know it was a short novel before, but look, John Carpenter put put his spin on it. In lesser hands, it wouldn't have landed. I do love the fact that like you can tie this into some of the 50s stuff you know, the saucer men from Mars and invasion yeah. from Mars and huge, stuff like that. Because he's a huge sci-fi fan. So, and yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, anyway. Um, so, that that's our movie right there. Uh, did I have any... Do I have any post notes? Oh, cultural impact. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. That's right. that's Clearly right. here it is. Our, this is our Foley department. Pages <laughs> <laughs> crinkling. All right. Shannon, I'm going to put this on you. I'm okay. Gonna, uh, let me hear. Horror cultural impact because i just did mine it's a cult movie it's a cult classic yeah i don't know where it would fall in like the pantheon of horror cult classics but it's probably pretty it's definitely more toward the top than the bottom i agree i i definitely agree with that especially with the mark <laughs> he's pointing at me with his glasses it's my new thing i like pointing with my glasses now it keeps him out of my stupid mouth fair enough fair enough. whatever you got whatever you gotta do right so no, I, I like I said, like the marketing for this uh for this movie is definitely like just about anywhere and everywhere, and I think even people see like the obey and consume um you know messages, and they almost kind of immediately get it, even if they have not seen this film. But if that's to back up your point, then this doesn't have a cultural impact at all in '88. It's only now. Oh, with yeah. the obey. Yeah. All right. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Because, I agree 100%. Be, because what we were saying it before in the beginning of the episode, the, the fact that, like, even with that message being put out there, and, and every, we're all, like, fully aware of it. Yeah. People will still, you know, like, I mean, whatever, however you fall with politics and things like that. Again, we're not going to discuss um, our politics right now on the podcast, However, many people are very aware of it and are, you know, have their own opinions on it. And this is definitely a, a cliche message pertaining to our society, our societal issues. And, you know, our addiction. I, I, yeah, our addiction. Our addictions. And our, to your point, I think it's only gotten worse. Gotten worse. You know, and, and this is before any type of social media yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh my, it's such a bummer that this came out in 88 and it's 2003 and it's gotten worse. Okay. All right. But you know, you broke. Did you say we're in 2003? I did. <laughs> I did. Sean lives in the past. I, I, uh, look, it wouldn't be a podcast. If I stupid, insanely stupid at least three times. <laughs> Every time I'm a dummy, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> So with that in mind, our 2003 listeners, um, I love, I love your take on that. I absolutely love your take on that, that it's like delayed cultural impact. I mean, literally 98, 2008, 2018, oh my God. Let's, let's say like 30 years later. All right. So sinners. <laughs> Where were we? Um, all right. So that's the, that's a cultural impact. I agree with you hundred percent. Love it. All right, are you ready for Smasher Trash? We are ready for Smasher Trash. All right, we've been talking this up the whole episode, gang. All right. So here we go. There's a lot. I'll go slow and steady when you give me the Smasher Trash. This is, these are actors who were considered for the role of John Nada. Okay. Alec Baldwin. Mm. 
88? Ah, Smash. I tell you what, I'm just going to put a pause on Smash the Trash for one second. Alec Bowling's interesting. Ready for Smash the Trash? I smash it as well, but let me let me do this instead. He's not John Nada, the construction working drifter. He's a TV executive who okay. works with Meg Foster. Okay. Who becomes aware of the conspiracy while working in the corporate setting. That's a little interesting, right? Uh, with an Alec Baldwin as opposed to a because he's too much of a fancy pants. Joe Schmo on the streets. He can't do a Joe Schmo. Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right, so a little right. interesting. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. so now All I right. think I'm picking up what you're putting down now. So like, uh, as far as different movie, yeah. You're so thinking, you're picturing a whole different character he, from a different angle. He sees it from the inside, uh, where John Nada is a total outsider. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. All right, look, if someone fucking does that, we get dibs, yeah. all right? We, we definitely want executive producer credit on that. For sure. Okay, so that was only like the real fancy pants. Okay. Okay, we're going to smash the trash from right. going forward. Okay, ready? Michael Bain. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was going to smash him. You're yeah. trash. Oh, I love it when we're different. Yeah, okay. trash. Um, <laughs> Brian Bosworth. I don't know. Oh, I Who's a football player. He he did football. Okay, we're gonna pass, but it's a trash. But he's yeah, horrible. No, he, trash. He's trash. I know. I pulled it up. Yeah, no. Jeff Bridges. Oh, well, yeah. Smash. See now, Jeff Bridges could be our inside executive and our he outside. Could've, he could guy. be either or. Yeah, Jeff, that's a smash. Ready for this one, Bruce Campbell. Oh come on! You right? can, you're gonna you can do anything. Smash his face yeah, right off. I'll do anything. <laughs> oh boy, this was a real consideration. You ready for this one? Tom Cruise. Oh well, mm, okay. He mm, I think he could play both—the inside guy and the outside guy. Because he kind of well, I feel like he already finally got his way with uh 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 War of the Worlds. War okay. of the Worlds. Yeah. Right? Not yeah. World War Z. No, that was Brad Pitt. Well, uh, um, no, that was World War Z. Lot, you got of, it. World, World of Wars, Worlds. Worlds. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so War of the Worlds. He did. You had it the, the first remake. time. Yeah. <laughs> you talked yourself out of it, which was insanely entertaining to watch <laughs> you do that in real time. Yep, it was War of the Worlds. <laughs> you had it. <laughs> so I feel like he got his moment. So in... I'm, I'll, I guess now so, this would have been cocktail. I'll go. Era. I'll go with Smash. I'll go with Smash. I, oh, feel, smash like, I feel like he could have pulled it off then. Cocktail, Top Gun Top era. Gun. Yeah. I also pronounce it error because <laughs> Long Island in my mouth. All right, ready for this one? This is so insane. But oh, Harrison boy. Ford. Mm, okay, so d- different. Uh, like you were saying with Alec Baldwin, different, different. angle. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. I'm smashing. Yeah, smash. But also, we're yeah. at a seventy-five million dollar budget, and Spielberg's directing, or Zemeckis is directing. Mm. It, I mean, it's a different. It's not a carpenter. It would movie have been a completely point. different movie. Same with this guy, Mel Gibson. Yeah, same. Completely different movie, but smash because he totally could have pulled that off. He could have pulled. I it think off. actually, you know what? I'm gonna go with Total Smash because I believe, especially in '88. Oh, I like Total Smash. Yeah, new category. I, I like. <laughs> New category. I'm gonna put two checks. Yeah. No, in '88, Mel Gibson, I believe, could have pulled it off as is. Yes, he literally has the hairstyle. Five minutes and forty second fight scene. Yeah. And all. Because we're talking I about think... Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Lethal Weapon Two time frame. Probably yeah. '88. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I saw Lethal Weapon Two in the theaters. He literally is John Nada in Lethal Weapon. And yeah. Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Ready for this one? Now, why don't you give this one a think for a bit? It's gonna Tommy Lee Jones. 
Mm, right? Uh, I don't... I, I so I'm going to go with trash, if as is. Um, again, a completely different movie, different scenario. I'm going to go with maybe Smash. You're going to think I'm kidding around? But again, but uh, here... Okay, so here's how I'm going to play my opinion moving forward. I'm going to go with the movie as is. So a movie as is, Tommy Lee Jones, trash. Okay. I'm agree- I agree with you. I, I, you're going to think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Tommy Lee Jones actually could have... Well, I love Tommy Lee Jones, by the way. Same here. Just, 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 I'm not... Just... Kiss that craggly face all day long. Absolutely. But Tommy Lee Jones can only play the alien in the movie. <laughs> like, if he was the lead alien, I'd be like, yeah, oh. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, if he's Tommy the Lee Jones, yeah. Yeah. I, I know, but but he was considered. But again, different movie. A uh, different angle, I mean. Ready for this one? Mm. Michael Keaton. Oh, Smash. Smash. Yeah, I'm convinced he could do I anything. Mean, he, we're, we're talking Batman Batman Returns Michael Keaton at this mm. time. Yeah. Michael Keaton? Yeah. He could do anything. Kiss whole thing. Yeah, kiss your face, Michael Keaton. I actually really do want to kiss oh, your boy. face, Michael Keaton. There can be only one. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. I don't know who that is. Uh, Highlander. Highlander, to our French listeners who we adore, we're trending in <laughs> for some odd reason. Wait, Christopher Lambert. Well, I, I need to see his face. Lem. Oh, L-A-M-B-E-R-T. B-A-R-T. Oh, okay. B-A-R-T. I'm like, I'm sure I know who he is. Oh, um, ooh, that's an interesting choice. Mmm. I can't picture it though, so I'm gonna go with Smith. Uh, yeah, I got uh, trash. Trash. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. 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 Stephen Lang. Now keep in mind, this isn't old man jacked Stephen Lang. This okay. is Stephen Lang '88, who just looks like a regular guy. But I do love Stephen Lang, but I can't see it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm I'm, I'm co-opting your Smash or Trash game. With my own dumb. Opinion. I can't see it, so I'm going to go with Smash. Okay. Dolph- uh, Jesus, I'm getting it mixed up. Trash. Sorry. Trash. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren. I mean, he's like better Roddy Piper. I'm going to go with Smash. He could have pulled it off. He could have pulled it off. I feel like he could have. Michael Madsen. Ooh. I'm going to go with Smash. Smash. Yeah. Yeah, I'm smashing. Yeah. Different? Maybe. More like introspective and weirder. But I kind of like that. But that would that would fall that would fit the category of the film, yeah. Yep. Maybe Paxton. make maybe make it less campy too. Ma- yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love the campiness of it because that's what we have, and I'll accept it. But different. Um, it might have made it. Yeah. It well, then given... he goes on to do species, and that's campy as. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? Right. Forget it. Okay. But I'm smashing. Yeah, I'm smashing. All right, our own Bill Paxton. Oh, I have a special place in my heart for Bill Paxton, but I will never trash Bill Paxton. I I don't I don't want to trash him, but as is, I don't know if he could have pulled it off. It would have to be a different angle. I think you're hurting my feelings. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's your game. But you know, mm, you know what? You know what? Fine, I'll go with Smash. Um, this is your secret boyfriend, Ron Perlman. <laughs> My secret boyfriend. Your secret boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so there are pictures. <laughs> Matt was there too. <laughs> well, it's also Matt's secret boyfriend. Matt's, it's 2023. My husband's secret boyfriend. Or 2003. <laughs> 2003. <laughs> Get it right. Um, 
I think he could have pulled it off in his this own is in his own way. So I'll Beauty go... and the Beast era, Ron Perlman, which doesn't mean anything because he was covered in latex under latex for that TV yes. show. Yeah. But okay. I'm I'm smashing. Ron I feel Perlman. like I feel like he could have pulled it off in right. his own we way. We did Schwarzenegger, different movie, different director. Yeah, Stallone's but movie, the same thing. Ready for this one? Mm. Patrick Swayze. Oh. I think Smash. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I mm. think very much Smash. Yeah, very much Smash. And also, don't have to change the hairdo. Going to go with total Smash. Okay, these last two that, are... That was, that's with... Um, oh my God, what's the movie? Oh my God. Oh my God. Bar. Roadhouse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bar. Fight. So, uh, uh, that movie. <laughs> Guess who the cinematographer was on Roadhouse? Who? Dean Cundy. <laughs> it wasn't really. <laughs> Did this become the Dean Cundy podcast? I think so. <laughs> I got two more for you. All right. And I think it's, uh, these are kind of layups. Jean-Claude okay. Van Damme. Uh, I'm going to go with Trash. Because, um, I mean, it, w- it would have been a completely different movie. I don't, I think he could have pulled it off. But again, it would have been a completely different movie. I think 90, Jean-Claude, it's just slurred my way into oblivion i think 90s jean-claude van damme smash because then we have the hard target um after post-universal soldier okay van damme but we're talking blood sport van damme now yeah, yeah. i don't see it i'm trashing yeah i'm, I'm gonna with trash. you, I'm trashing. yeah and the last one mr bruce willis Ooh, was he even known yet for well I th- die hard for I die think, hard I, uh die hard is 86 Six or eighty-seven? Yeah, very yeah, much. it's very much so, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with he because he, he he surprised every nobody wanted him for Die Hard. He surprised the fuck out of everybody. So I'll go with Smash. Different movie, Smashing. Different movie, more com. I don't want to say comedy, but more quippy. Um, but I'm with you. Yeah, but I'm definitely with you. That's it. Yeah, that's I, everybody. That <laughs> so he Bruce Willis was really considered. Oh yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I definitely think that it's just like a wish list. I mean, come on, Harrison Ford. I mean, just like who's white and has a pulse. Yeah. (laughs) The surprising thing though is there was no, um, there was no Nick Cage at the time. Yeah. And this is, this is 88 Nick Cage, which would have been, um, oh, I mean, he was hot, but he was like indie hot. Right. I'm going to say, like, Racing Arizona time yeah. frame. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right, look. So let's put a button in in good old uh, They Live. Definitely enjoyed it. I can't help myself because it's right on the cusp. Like, I saw what was going on with Prince of Darkness with Carpenter, where I'm like, this does not look like the gorgeous Carpenter movies that we've had. But I really dug on the story because it was kind of like, like the science versus the devil angle, mm-hmm. which is ripe for a reinterpretation because that movie just doesn't age well at all. No. Like, the, the the science is so janky and the technology is so janky um, that it just, it like, I just want someone to remake that movie so badly because I love it. Caltech students who have a theory and though also Satan's in the basement. Come on! Yeah. What, what are you oh, nuts? B- dubs. What, what are you, crazy? It's just like the best thing I ever said in my life. <laughs> but like, alright, somebody, you know, I don't know, they're just working on, you know, the Marvels part two right now. 
So sad. Part two, part 57. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take that back. Horror is immune to that. It really is. I think so. We just got done on Shortcuts talking about stuff that was coming out. Low budget stuff. You know, creative stuff. Horror is just an island unto itself. It gets no respect whatsoever from the studio system or the high muckety mucks. But we love it. But we love it. And we got some serious shit coming out in 24. So, all right. wait. That's They Live. We'll stick a button in it, but we can't do anything until Shannon takes us out of here. And that's a cut. Stamp, 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 stamp. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.